Inquirers, welcome to another installment of Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, the one and only Shane Squatch, as always. And today's guest is a close friend, honestly, uh, somebody that I had met through the cryptic community. I uh, had him bounce around on Bizarre Encounters. I went on his show at one point, but somehow we never got around to having him on Inquiries, so I figured it was about that time. So had to have him come on today. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, but before we get into this awesome episode for you guys today, I uh, got some news and updates. Uh, like I mentioned last week, the new Open Minds Media merch store is now up and running. So you guys can always go and check that out if you want to be able to scoop the new Inquiries of Our Reality logo on a t-shirt. Uh, but moving past that, getting into the front of house stuff so we can get into this episode as quick as possible for you guys. If you guys aren't already following the show on social media, highly recommend that you do, such as Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you guys can always get video content or clips and all that kind of fun stuff from YouTube or TikTok if you guys aren't already following over there. Or if you guys want to hop into some chat rooms and have some awesome conversations with some open-minded, like-minded individuals, you guys can always go and check out the Telegram or the Discord. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're a ufologist, cryptozoologist, paranormal investigator, abductee, experiencer, author, folklorist, researcher, whistleblower, or any open-minded individual, I'd love to set something up. Uh, have you on the show, have an awesome conversation. Uh, and even if you're a listener and you may have a short encounter, I'd like to do some collab episodes where I just take little chunks of maybe 15 minute conversations, collab them all together and create episodes that have listener encounters in it. Uh, get you guys a little bit more interactive with the show as far as that goes. So even if you got something small, don't hesitate to uh, shoot me a message or hit me up. Or, you know, if you're somebody that likes to do fan art or you have some type of cryptid related product, I'd love to set something up. So again, don't hesitate to shoot me a message. Uh, you guys can get a hold of me through email, which is inquiriesofourrealitypodcast.outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Or you guys can always shoot me a message on social media. The one that I'm the most active on is Instagram, so that'd probably be the best way to hit me up. Uh, I do respond to every single message I get from you guys. So, you know, if you guys take the time to send me a message, the least I can do is respond to you guys. So I will get around to every single one of you guys. And if you guys email me, make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Uh, make sure nothing gets missed because I do send out a lot of links for the show. So a lot of the time my messages go there. But keep tabs there because, again, I do respond to every single message that I get from you guys. And uh, if you guys haven't already checked out my other show, Bizarre Encounters, highly recommend that you do. It's a lot of fun to record, a lot of fun to be part of. I got my awesome co-host over there, Oren, with me. Uh, he was recently the one that spoke with me at uh, this event that we recently did, which was put on by the Snile Yow. It was the uh, Cryptid Halloween 2 uh, Cryptid Festival and Halloween Craft Show. Uh, assuming we'll probably be there again next year, but it was a lot of fun. 
And uh, again, if you guys enjoyed that, you guys want to check out the video content we did for that, uh, you guys can always go and check out the Open Minds Media YouTube. But if you enjoy the show as a whole, definitely recommend going and checking out Bizarre Encounters. And uh, if you guys want to keep tabs on every single thing that I do, you guys can always just look up Open Minds Media on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube. I usually keep a lot of stuff under that name. Uh, it's just my production company as a whole, but awesome way to keep tabs on everything all together. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, you guys can do so through Patreon, which is the Open Minds Media Patreon. So you get this show and you get Bizarre Encounters. And you'll get things such as ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, uh, lives of shows, live replays of shows, which is the raw video format, and exclusive merch store discounts. Uh, there's going to be a lot more expanding as far as the Patreon goes, so definitely something to keep your eyes out on. And if anybody has any suggestions to keep making the Patreon better and better. I'm always open to suggestions, so don't be afraid to shoot me a message and let me know what you guys would like to see as far as the Patreon goes. Uh, if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the uh, RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate and it doesn't give you some type of option to leave a personalized message, uh, just shoot me a message. Let me know what you guys donated. I'd love to give a shout out to you guys. Give appreciation where appreciation is due, as I always say. And uh, the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store, which I mentioned at the beginning of this, of course. Uh, there you'll find designs for inquiries and for Bizarre Encounters. And I also have the new Squonk design up on there, uh, which was the design that I was uh, putting out on posters and everything at Squonkapalooza. Uh, there will be a lot more coming down the pipeline as far as designs go over there. So definitely keep tabs on that because it should be updating relatively regularly uh, going forward because I want to make the merch store as much as I possibly can. And if you guys scoop anything from there, uh, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it. I'd love to repost it on the page and give you guys a shout out, of course. And at the minimum, of course, you guys wearing the shirts around in public. Uh, you know, you're getting the name of the show out there. So you guys are helping the show to expand. So I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know for doing stuff like that. And, uh, while we're talking about supporting shows and supporting people in the community, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. He has my absolute favorite cryptid merch store designs, in the entire cryptic community, if I'm being honest with you. 90% of my wardrobe is crypto theology. Anybody that watches on the Patreon and watches the video format probably sees that 90% of my wardrobe is Joe's shirts, but he does a killer job. So go and scoop yourself one of those shirts and go and scoop yourself a shirt, of course, in the Open Minds Media merch store. Everything that I mentioned is all available off of the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, for somehow the very first time, Kevin Sapiel from Where the Weird Ones Are. How's it going today, man? It is going well, my friend. I am having a phenomenal time speaking with you because um, just like when you were on my show, we talked for like an hour before we even ever started recording and it happens today as well. Um, so, but every time I've talked to you so far has been lovely and I enjoy it and I always end up laughing and, um, it's a good time, man. Um, laughter is the best medicine. I'd like to say, ain't that the truth, man, dude, I'm shocked that you haven't actually been on this show yet. Cause like we've known each other for probably going on close to a year now. Uh, I've been on yep. your show. You've been on bizarre encounters. Uh, we hung out at Squonkapalooza, like, I, this is absolutely like shocking that we've gotten around to you coming on inquiries this late. Yeah. And I was invited to come on this show first. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we rotated and then, it and did your episode. That's what happened. 
Yeah. Um, well, you one of the first one of our first interactions. You asked. You're like, hey, you want to come on the sh- on uh, on my show? Inquiry. No, you were asking through your inquiries Instagram, and I was like, yeah. And then I never heard from you again. And then uh, for like a couple weeks, and then we started talking again. And then you're like. Uh, come on bizarre encounters I'm like okay and that was like right after i met up with uh oren and jenny so uh, i think that's why that happened think- then because i was intending on you to come this way but once i realized you and oren are friends i figured all three of us to just hang out well also jenny of course too so all all four of us needed to hang out yes yeah and it was a good time it was a good time um a lot of laughs were had so that's uh the main thing that I like to do uh, is just have a good time. So, um, yeah. And that was, was our first interaction cool. before we even met in person. So, like, a lot of that was, like, yeah. you guys reminiscing. You know, I didn't really know you yet. And now it's on the opposite side because you showed up at Squonkapalooza. I didn't even know you were showing up. It was, like, Friday night. You sent me a message, like, where are you staying at? I'm like, the hell are you? Are you in Pennsylvania right now? <laughs> and you didn't even get back to me till the next morning. I was like, damn, I have a feeling he's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I met, I, I messaged you. I was trying to freaking figure out something to do. Cause I, it, I still had time before I really wanted to go to bed. And I was like, well, I know Shane's going to be here, so maybe he'll get a beer with me. So I asked you what you were doing. And then I fell asleep probably like an hour later. Cause I think, I think you messaged me like three hours af- back at three hours after, um, yeah, because it was like nine thirty, nine. No, it was nine o'clock when I, I received a reply from you. So it was like fucking. I woke up and I was like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> Shane messaged me back." See, and I thought it was early enough too, because I was just chilling in the hotel room and I ended up uh, sliding off and doing my own stuff for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I was hoping he'd hit me back up because I was just chilling. <laughs> yeah, I well, you know, I think it's the job. Be just because I get up so early from for uh, for work. I tend to expire at like nine o'clock. Like I, some, a lot of times, um, even when I want to stay up late, like nine o'clock, I'm just like sitting there like, uh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> See, I'm the night owl. I'm like totally opposite shifted schedule. Like I'm totally yeah. cool being up till like four or 5 AM, but I, my issue is getting up early in the morning. And I mean early as in like 6.30, not like you're early, but <laughs> like I'm still like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for for your listeners, last time uh, last time we had a discussion, uh, Shane was on my show and we ended up talking so long that after we were done recording, I just went to work because I didn't have time to go to sleep, <laughs> <laughs> which actually freaking worked out. Uh, for uh, for work because I was able to go even earlier and get shit done even earlier. So get off earlier to go sleep after. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I guess with that, that's kind of a sign. I don't want to keep you up too late because I, I I feel bad if you're not getting sleep before work, especially considering that you do like physical labor and stuff. But for uh, any of the listeners that may not know who you are, because this is your first time on Inquiries, uh, why don't you let them know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your podcast, man? All right. Well, my name is Kevin, um, and you probably didn't know that, but now you do. Um, so my show is called Where the Weird Ones Are, and it's bas- it's a lot like this one where I have guests come on. It's a conversational podcast where we just talk about guest encounters uh, and experiences revolving around paranormal, uh, supernatural shit like cryptids. Uh, we get into conspiracies, which... 
Shane's going to be on a conspiracy episode coming up pretty soon. Um, and he keeps changing the name of the group <laughs> text, um, which every time I see it confuses the shit out of me. <laughs> I was wondering how long it was going to take somebody to notice that. Cause I think it was the first one I called. It was like circle jerk round table. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> I think the new uh, one's like the squatchy bunch. Says who changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I have, um, I have, uh, people from writers to, uh, just plain Janes, uh, uh, people that are religious people, um, people that are well-versed in conspiracies. Um, and, um, I don't know, I've been described as like a radio personality by a few people. So I guess, I don't know, I've never considered myself a radio personality, but I guess if the shoe fits off fucking wear it so <laughs> i mean that works too it's that's kind of where I, my side kind of ended up too because at least with our shows which is a little bit different from most like shows that are kind of our style uh like a lot of people just kind of run it like a straight interview show where you know there's a handful of people that kind of run it like open conversation style and i feel like that's kind of how we run it which is kind of where that differentiates where we're not just like a host but we're also somewhat of like a personality because you know you listen to people shows that are straight interview shows and you're realistically coming to hear just the guests specifically. And then the host is essentially just kind of keeping everything rolling. But the difference with like our style of shows is that, you know, it's like you come for the guests, but you also want to hear what the, uh, I guess personality slash host has to say, because we're not just asking basic questions. We're like throwing our ideas, our theories in. So, I mean, it's a different feel to the conversation. I feel like it kind of keeps the guests a little bit more interested in it where they can go down different angles and stuff. But yeah, in turn, I guess it's a good way to describe it as you are somewhat of a personality. And one of the biggest yeah. honors that I've gotten doing these types of shows, and I, hopefully you've gotten it at least once from somebody too, is when people relate you to like Art Bell. That's like the most sincere, awesome compliment you could possibly get. Cause I don't know about you, man, but I grew up listening to Art Bell. I don't know who Art Bell is, so you will Ooh. have to... Coast uh, to Coast? No, don't know. Oh, man, he was like the OG back, like, the truckers at all used to listen to him and stuff, and he was just this, like, paranormal, like, late-night show where people would, like, call in, and he just talked about it, their experiences and encounters, and I remember there was this one that he did, man, where there was this pilot that called in, and he claimed that he was about to fly over Area 51, and Art Bell's like, no, I wouldn't suggest that, don't do that, and then there's all these, like, noises and stuff, and then, like, the line goes dead, and he's like, oh, like, dude, that show was so great, you gotta look up some old Art Bell, he, he passed away, unfortunately, but he was, like, one of the best as far as like our field goes dude actually not okay. one of the best he is like as far as hosting a show like this goes he was the best man nice nice no i've never heard of him i'll have to look into him now for sure especially high praises from you so he's a legend like straight legend in my opinion like i'm shy i'm legitimately shocked that you've never heard of art bell before <laughs> 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 well i had ha had somebody ask me for an autograph so that's cool and it made me feel weird but that other than that i haven't actually gotten that yet and actually no i take that back i have gotten it from one person uh it's somebody that's actually partly working with open minds media now uh shout out to tilly because she's been helping me out with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff but she's oh, nice. mentioned that she wanted me to like sign one of the shirts or something like that and that was like the first time i've ever had anybody ask because just being a podcaster it's like even at a convention or something like it's not yeah. in my thought to like sign anything because i don't think anybody cares to like have my signature because i'm just just some guy with a microphone. So it's like weird when people suggest that. And it's like, I see other yeah. podcasters do it, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, 
it's weird, you know? Like, you don't see yeah. yourself like it'd be worth having your signature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this gentleman um, started following me. His name's Larry. And he bought a T-shirt from my Etsy. And uh, then he messaged me. And we, like, kind of, like, talk here and there. Um, and he goes, hey, if I buy another shirt, can you uh, sign it for me? And I was like, what? <laughs> you want me? to sign it you want my autograph it's, oh my god jeez like um but no i i i mean it was it was extremely humbling but i don't deal with my ch- t-shirts like um like physically so i was like you're gonna have to send it to me in order if you really want that because i don't deal with them on hand like they come from um a print shop in uh brooklyn new york so um, he's like, yeah, well maybe I'll do that. And he never did. So it's not that important to him, but shout out to Larry. Cause he's cool shit anyway. <laughs> hey man, once you start actually like vending, vending events, it might be a little bit different. I haven't gotten it yet, yeah. but I got that speaking event coming up with Oren. So it's going to be a little bit different, like being a presenter. So I'm almost curious if somebody will ask, not that I'm like, Oh, please ask me. Cause again, it's just like a weird <laughs> concept, but you know, if anybody's going to ask after anything, I feel like it'd be after you were like a speaker. Cause you know, it makes you seem like you're a little bit more important than you actually are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to speak some, someday, but I'm not in a rush. Um, but uh, you're more f- like fluid with your conversation. I do like a lot of uhs and ums. So, um, there it is right there. Fucking, uh, I, I just feel like you conversate more intelligently than I, d- than I do, which uh, the, one of the reasons why I enjoy listening to your show. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, in all fairness, the only reason that I've gotten like this as far as like talking on the radio, because I know I do have my crutch words. Like I say, you know, a lot, and I'm sure the listeners have picked up on that. But back when I was in high school, uh, I was in the radio and TV program for three years and we had an actual like FM station. So we would run like live shows during like the day. And whenever anybody would say, um, or any like use of crutch words, there was like a button that the, the teacher would like hit the button. So you'd catch it. And then he'd come into the studio and go, um, and just like make you feel uncomfortable about it. But like in a good way, like I'm not like mad by any means. Like sometimes you need somebody to do stuff like that. And it really does break it down. And because of somebody pointing it out every time you do it, cause you do it like subconsciously, like it helps out a lot. Cause you start thinking about it. So, I mean, you know, everybody it, it's going to slide here and there. It happens, but as long as you're not doing it obsessively, you just have to like catch yourself when you do it. And then that's when you start kind of like learning to move away from it. But it's funny though, because on the show, dude, I seem like I'm like totally cool, like conversationalist. I mean, when I'm talking about stuff I'm interested in, that definitely is the case. When I'm at conventions, that's the case. But like when I'm at work and doing that, like small talk, like, Hey, so how's your day going? Like, I'm not, I'm not good at those kind of conversations. I can't do conversations unless they're deep conversations. They're just like those shallow, just, you know, just general nicety conversations like i'm not very good with those because it's just there i don't know it's just there's not enough like engaging interaction in those types of conversations it's just you're just repeating the same generic stuff you'd have with anybody having that same conversation like you're not learning anything about the person you're not getting in depth with the person it's just like that oh how's the weather going type thing you know like yes i understand the weather is okay or it's great or whatever because i'm I'm in it just like you are right now (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I hate I hate small talk, but um, I definitely hate when somebody says something that's not funny, but they start laughing right after, and then I'm like, uh, <laughs> give a little chuckle, and then it feels fake, and then I feel weird. <laughs> Dude, that's usually people will say stuff with those shallow conversations, and I'll just laugh because I won't fully hear it, and it's just like, ah, oh, I do that too. I do that too. <laughs> I do that too. They'll just like, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, but I don't want you to repeat it. <laughs> you just smile and nod. <laughs> yeah, I, like yeah, man. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> Conversational cues, dude. I've even noticed people have words that they say all the time in those situations. Like I used to have a friend that would always say, "That's crazy," and every every time they said that, you know, they didn't listen to shit you just said. So you could be like, "Yeah, man, I dived off the Empire State Building on the way down. I I fought King Kong and I saved the woman from King Kong. And then when we went, were about to hit the ground, I uh, I grabbed another uh, random person that happened to be falling, but they're already a dead body. And I put them down, and then we all landed and we survived together. But King Kong smashed and hit the ground. They'd be like, "Yeah, that's crazy, man." Like, I knew it. I knew you weren't listening to nothing I said. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. People. People are weird. People are strange. And that's okay, because I'm here for it. When you're a stranger. <laughs> when you're a stranger. Oh, fucking beat me to it. There's something in my eye, though. Well, I guess with something in your eye, it's a good spot to start kind of shifting the conversation because, you know, everybody comes for I maybe they come for some of the conversations we have but you know we're just kind of doing that like generic not generic but just the back and forth and I'm sure a lot of people have probably come for the the bizarreness and the inquiries into our reality as as the show tends to be called uh so I guess with that man you have a lot of awesome experiences that we talked about a little bit on Bizarre Encounters, but I want to talk to, about them over here on this end because, you know, it was kind of a three-way conversation when we did that before and totally different listener base on this show than Bizarre Encounters as far as I've seen. So without further ado, man, I'd love to get into some of your encounters and enlighten some of the listeners on to some of the bizarre things that you've seen. All right. So very first experience, um, it's pretty interesting, especially um, it, with it being spooky season. <clears throat> So I was like five years old. We were living in a trailer in Vermont and my sister started screaming and yelling and crying about seeing a witch in her window. And I was just like, man, she's crazy, you know, cause I wasn't listening. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, I was like, I was like, what is she talking about? Like, this is crazy. And my sister's like, we just got, when my sister describes it, she's like, we just got done watching Ghostbusters and whatnot. So uh, she's attributing it to that. But she said she saw a face. Um, but she associated it at the time with a witch. And I remember I was walking down the hall to my room. My room was at the end of the trailer. And I just see these two figures and once i get into the uh doorway i see these two figures go fly by my window and i just like froze and i was like what the fuck because it was dark outside and the trailer is like on a raised like foundation so it's not on the ground so it's a little bit higher so like somebody just walking outside i wouldn't be able to see them in the window like if they were on the ground so I attribute it to like just these two witches on a fucking broom just flying by and they're just like, hee hee <laughs> That was you exactly know? what I heard in my head when you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and they were darker than the darkness, you know what I mean? So they were they were definitely shadow figures because it was pitch black outside. I could couldn't see anything outside, and then I see these two fucking figures um just 
And I was just like, um, I'm going to go back here. So I just went out back to the living room. My dad comes out and goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, sitting on the couch. And he goes, go to bed. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Luckily, by that time, my brother was done, like, brushing his teeth and stuff. Uh, he's good. He's my older brother. Um, so he was in the room when I when I went back in. So that made me feel a little bit more safe. And I had the top bunk, so I was like, and when I was walking down the hall the second time, I was like, well, I'm the top bunk. Chris is in there. If they come in the house, they're probably going to go for the person on the bottom bunk first. <laughs> that was how I rationalized it. So that was the very first uh, ever experience. And then I just seen shadow people like uh, my entire life randomly, Um which isn't there's not really any significant story um, with them. They're just I just see them and they're there. They never did anything or anything. But um, just another thing you and I kind of have in common because I mean we talked about it before we even started recording the show and last time how much stuff we yeah. really have in common, even like just life experience wise. And one of them is the whole shadow people thing. But like a lot all my experiences with them, they haven't done anything. Just mainly just kind of like watching from the distance. Yeah, they just, like, give you that eerie feeling. Like, you're just like, the fuck? What do you want? What do you need? I can't give you anything. They're just (laughs) harvesting your fear. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And it's, you know, it said that um, they they, uh, feed off your fear and they become stronger the more that you're there around you and the more you fear them. So eventually at some point I just stopped being afraid every time I saw them. I'm like, they're not going to do shit. So fuck these guys, <laughs> you know, dude, I, um, I often kind of wonder, <clears throat> so everybody kind of has this like negative misconception of them. I mean, and I don't really hear a lot of like possibly positive ideas of them. Cause I mean, everybody relates them with like the hat man, for example, um, all the like po- ones that seemingly are darker, but it seems like they kind of gravitate around people that didn't have like the best life growing up, it seems. So I kind of wonder if one, maybe they are harvesting that negative energy from that or two on the opposite side of it, because at least with your experience and my experience, they didn't do anything like to necessarily like instill, instill fear. They're just kind of hanging out around you. Like I almost wonder if like, cause I mean, they're, they're dark beings. So I mean, there could be different facets of them. They could even be something in our light spectrum. They're not able to see that there are different types and they look totally different, but they're not light spectrum colors that we are able to see. Um, I wonder if some of them could potentially be just like watchers and they just like watch over you to make sure that you're okay. Like maybe they're like an ancestral spirit that you again, can't visibly see like there probably are like the shadow people as people perceive them, but at least for the people that, haven't had any kind of crazy experience, but not the best childhood. And they just kind of sat around watching. I almost wonder if they could theoretically be two sides of it. And there could be some ancestral um, connection to it too. That's a good point. I would have never thought of that just because of the, the sense of fear, but you know, the fact that they never do anything kind of like, there's still the concept of fear of the misunderstood though. True. That's true. Um, you know, you fear what you don't understand. So, 
Because, I mean, all the paranormal yeah. cases where there's kids, I mean, everybody gets extra creeped out by that, thinking that it's, like, something darker, like, disguising itself as a kid. But realistically, I mean, when you see, like, certain situations where it's, like, the kid rolls the ball back, for example, or people are, like, walking down a hallway and they feel like somebody's, like, holding their hand, stuff like that. I mean, if they're kids and they had a traumatic death, for example, and they didn't understand, like, to go to the light or whatever way you happen to perceive the supernatural. I mean, there's still the possibility that they are just innocent kids and it's misunderstood because you can't see them. But realistically, it's it's it, like innocent to roll a ball back to like hold somebody's hand or even another example, like when somebody's grandma passes away and you feel like a hand on your shoulder, the misunderstood aspect of that makes you want to be in fear. Like you don't know what's happening, but realistically it could be something just as simple as your grandma's around and she was just trying to put her hand on your shoulder to let her, you know that you were there, let her, let you know that she was there. But that fear of the misunderstood is what gets you. And then it instills fear when it's intended to be something innocent. Yeah. Yeah. I could. Yeah. Um, I feel like a, a lot of people get way too scared of some, some of this stuff anyways, like, uh, just like the, what you're saying, like the holding of your hand, like that's, that sounds innocent to me as well. Like it, it doesn't sound like anything malicious and I don't know. Uh, then they're like, Oh, demons. <laughs> Not everything's a demon. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely it, it's interesting to think that uh, shadow figures could be like a, a more of like a watcher watch over you kind of thing, like maybe a guardian angel or whatever. Um, you know, I had a medium say that my great grandmother's been following me my, my entire life. So maybe the shadow person that I've been seeing my entire life is my great grandmother. <laughs> you know, um, she loved my hair. I guess she loved my thick. She's like my, he has such thick black hair and his beautiful, big brown eyes. That's what she used to say. So if you ever have a shadow um, person start playing with your hair, <laughs> there's two ways that yeah. could go either one. Hey, it's you grandma or two. Somebody's trying to feel extra creepy today. Yes. Very, <laughs> which actually my recent, um, my most recent encounter was with a shadow person and it was fucking actually moving and coming towards me and it scared the fuck out of me um and it was in this room uh before i converted this into my studio this was my bedroom so my bedroom where i'm sitting right now my bed was right here in front of me instead of my my desk and shit and this door right here behind me was open and this uh uh girl that uh, i've been seeing uh she had left and she left to go home and i was laying in bed i had fallen asleep and I hear my, I woke up to my name being called. So it was like, Kevin, and I open my eyes. I'm kind of like groggy and I'm kind of like sprawled out, which is weird for me because I'm usually like pretty straight or like off to my side or whatever. And, um, but I was just like, my arms were like straight across and I like kind of lifted my head and I saw this shadow figure and I thought it was her because it had like, I've never seen a shadow figure where like I could distinctively see features. Like I could see like long curly hair and she had long curl. She has long curly hair. Um, so it was more of like a silhouette just, than the standard like shadow person then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And she was coming towards me like this. Like, like, um, um, I think I told Tommy, Tommy this and he's like, he's, he associated it with like, uh, Silent Hill, the, like the ghoul or the 
and uh, monsters in Silent Hill, and I was just like, the nurses, the ones oh. that only move and you're not looking. Yeah, and they're like, you know, and um, but I think like um, it, it. I guess the best way to really describe how it was moving is like C three PO. You know what I mean? Because it was like this, like boop, boop, boop. <laughs> like that, and it was coming towards me, and I was like, I've never seen a shadow person like come towards me. It's either go away from me or dart into another room or something like that. You know what I mean? Or just dissipate. And um, I was like, I was in like this paralysis. I couldn't fucking move. And I'm just like, <gasps> and I could, I turned like my eyes darted to the corner of my fucking head and I could see my phone sitting right there. Cause and it was sitting on the charger on my bed. Um, and my hand was so close to it and I couldn't move my hand to it. And the, the thing was like, just about at the foot of my bed and i i was just like i was sitting there like i'm grab the fucking phone grab the fucking phone and like just as it got to the got to look like it was about to like get onto my bed i like it broke through it and i grabbed my phone and i freaking lit it up the fucking i think i ripped the cord out of the wall and everything because i just grabbed the phone and hit the button on the side and my phone screen lit up and there was nothing there and it's just like so you got you had full full full-on paralysis when this is happening right yes yeah i could i've i've like i essentially like willed myself out of it to um basically stop this thing either come to touching me or whatever because i don't know i don't know what it was um and maybe it didn't have anything any malicious intent intent but it scared that living shit out of me um and that was in august of this year do you know the the trick this one also goes out to the listeners but do you know like the trick to try to get out of sleep paralysis faster and i've heard this from a few different sources and i've tried it myself and it seems to work pretty well no i don't uh, you're supposed to start with your toes. You start trying to wiggle your toes first and then move up to the rest of your body. So rather than trying to like move in your whole body at once, cause that's usually what everybody tries to do is they try to like scream or like move their body completely. Uh, you're supposed to start with, uh, I've always heard your toes, but I assume you could probably start with your fingertips too, but you start with the tips and then you start moving the movement back up into your body. And it usually, I've tried it with my toes up and it seemed like yeah. it definitely like worked that it oh. wasn't just like that moment of fear where you can't move your whole body. Like you start moving your toes and then all of a sudden you can move your feet and then you kind of wiggle yourself out of it almost. Yeah. I wonder if that's why I was able to like break out of it because I was like moving my fingers to try to grab my phone. So, so I think it's hyper focusing on one specific area instead of your whole body. It starts getting like your nerves kicking again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I freaking <laughs> dude, that uh, that was it was it was it was wild. I actually messaged her and told her about it, and then the next night she's like, um, "There better not be any cha- shadow girls trying to get in your bed tonight." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" If there are any, they're definitely a succubus, and I I don't know, man. I'm, I might not be able to help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I remember after after it happened, like I was breathing so heavily too. Like it almost was like I just did a bunch of cardio, but I wasn't sweating or anything. I was just breathing heavy, and then I um, I had to go to the bathroom, and I didn't want to get up. <laughs> um, and I ended up getting up, and I walked to the door, and before I even walked out of out through the doorway, I just said, "If you're out here." 
leave me the fuck alone, please. And I walked out and I went like that to the freaking to the side away from the stairs. So like I could see something if it if I was gonna go down the stairs, it wouldn't be behind me. I thought you're in the attack position. You're gonna punch it into a wisp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, ah, ah, nothing's there. I was like, you're lucky this time and walked down the stairs. And my dog's like fucking like sitting there like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Dude, I wonder if anybody's ever tried to swing on a shadow person. And if they have, if there's any listeners out there who've tried to swing at a shadow person, I'm assuming that they would probably just like dissipate, but I'm curious what would happen. Yeah, I, I am. I'm curious what happened. I've heard people have encounters where they think they're seeing a shadow person, they swing at it, and then it turns out to be another person. It was their grandma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dark hallway, you think it's a shadow person, you end up swinging on your grandma? <laughs> yeah. Or one of yeah. those people in those morph suits, because I keep seeing those prank videos all over the place where people are buying the like black morph suits oh with the light God. up red eyes. Like, I'm sorry, man, but if you sneak up on me in one of those, you're probably going to get swung on, especially if you get that close to me, because if there's any dark entities that come close to me, obviously you can't attack something that's in the spiritual with the physical, but just like your natural reaction isn't going to be, oh, this is a person trying to mess with me in a mask. It's going to be shadow person swing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I also, I was saying too, to, I was talking to somebody else about this. Actually, it was uh, Jen from uh, 305 Paranormal when I was in Florida uh, last week and I was telling her the story and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I'm not one of those people that sleeps with their gun under their pillow because that might've been the thing that I grabbed first. And I was like, and knowing my luck, there would have been an actual person and I would have shot them. I mean, regardless though, that's still an unannounced person in your house. So I mean like, true, true. <laughs> But if it was her, like, cause that's what I initially thought. But when the way it was moving towards me, I was just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't go grudge right. on you. At least you didn't do like a backwards crab call, oh, crawl running God. down the hallway. I would have fucking burned this house down. <laughs> I would have burned this house down. <laughs> and I would have been like, fuck this house. I'm out. Zero out of 10. Don't recommend. <laughs> try to claim the insurance like i don't even need to claim it it was a shadow person i did what i had to do it was haunted (laughs) haunted don't build a house on this property (laughs) i've learned this from every single scary movie at the end somebody burns the house down and you guys are supposed to just understand that's what happens in the movies right (laughs) yeah exactly exactly understand me fuck Um, (laughs) yeah no that was that that was probably I put it, um, the fear level up to like, like my dog man experience there. The, the one that was in the woods with the pack of coyotes that I told you on bizarre encounters. And now that you dropped that, you have to drop it on this show. Cause like I said, different set of listeners. And for anybody who hasn't heard of that, you can't just drop a dog man encounter and not bring it up, my friend. <laughs> All right. So the year was 2016 and I got to play some uh, ominous music in the background at this part. (laughs) And the land was dark and my dogs were barking their fucking heads off in the middle of the night. Um, And I woke up and I could hear coyotes outside and I lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere and coyotes were like a normal thing. Um, So I was just like, was this in Maine? Shut up. 
it's just coyotes, huh? Was this in Maine? Yeah, it's Maine. Uh, Shapley, to be exact, if anybody is familiar with the area. Uh, so if you know Shapley, then you know that it's nothing but farms and woods. <laughs> and um, the woods go forever in some spots out there, actually, mo- the majority of the spots. Um, and so there was a shit ton of land, shit ton of woods out behind me. I actually used to, uh, I had a gun range in, in my backyard because there's fucking nobody around. Um, anyway, so I'm just, I'm yelling at the dogs. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's just coyotes. And they're, they're going crazy. And I get up and I go to the window and I'm looking and I'm watching the coyotes. I could see that. So there's a tree line to the left side of my house. And if you know anything about Maine or New Hampshire, like a lot of the properties are, are, um, sectioned off by rock walls. Uh, so back in the day when like the first colonies and stuff, they built rock walls to like, this is this, this section's my land. That section's your land. Um, just out of curiosity, is it like the farmer thing where like they would till the fields and just build the stone walls out of the rocks they would find in the field? Like just asking out of curiosity, if you know that offhand. Yeah, exactly like that. And a lot of them go through the woods, but I mean, obviously we know that trees just grow sporadically. Obviously they weren't, they're not humongous trees. So like, um, it wasn't like they were there for a hundred years. So like new growth of like 50 years, maybe at the most. Um, but yeah, that's, is, uh, it's a lot in the, like the, the farming areas is where these rock walls are. So I would associate it definitely with that. Um, but so my side of the rock wall, um, there's, you know, there's a little bit of trees and then there's the rock wall and then there's a couple more, like a little, more trees and then there's an open field and there's a farm over there you can't see the farm you can just but you can see the field and it's i believe it was like september october so like the leaves had started falling off so i could see pretty good through the tree line and the moon was fairly bright so i got had light from the moon And I could see the coyotes just like running up and down in the field. Like they would run towards uh, the the woods and then they would run back up towards uh, the road. And I'm like, what the fuck are these things doing? And uh, then I see this coyote come start walking down my driveway and she's like limping. And my driveway is really long. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I left my bedroom and I went to the front door and I flicked uh, my outside light on. And my dogs follow me and they're scratching at the door and they're barking their heads off still. They never shut the fuck up um, through this time. And I'm watching her and I was like, and she's like halfway down the driveway. And I turn my head again and I'm looking at this pack. And then there's like this big boulder in the middle of uh, the rock wall. And it's, it's about like my height, maybe a tad bit taller than me. So right around like six feet because I'm 5'10". So the that boulder was like about six feet tall ish or you know between five ten and six feet tall and i just right behind the wall i see these two red eyes just above the rock so for eyes to be above it so the rock is six feet tall and then the eyes you know you're looking at like a six foot four six foot five 
thing. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm staring at it. And it's just a con- these just these two constant eyes. There there was no blinking or anything. It was just like constant light. Um, and I started getting like this overwhelming uh, feeling of dread. Um, the coyote limping down my driveway is just like came to a stop and was whimpering. And my dogs are going crazy. And I just was like, I, my hair was standing freaking straight up and goosebumps and everything. And I was fucking scared out of my mind. I was like, if I go out there, whatever the fuck that is, is going to eat me. And I don't know what it is. And um, I shut the light off. And then as soon as I shut the light off, that coyote in my driveway just like perks up and then runs. Um, like it was never even hurt in the first place? Yeah, Exactly. And I was just like, and then my dogs stopped. Like as soon as I flicked that switch, my dogs just like stopped barking. And um, I went and got my gun and I sat on the couch and my dogs both sat next to me on each side, not making a fucking sound, but we could still hear the coyotes outside. So either they picked up off my energy uh, on my fear or they could sense whatever the fuck that was out there as well. And we just sat on my couch with uh, my rifle and we didn't move until uh, the sun was up. So, I mean, I ended up falling asleep. So I'm just like that on the couch with these two dogs on each side of me and a fucking rifle in my lap. But um, it was a, it, it was just as scary as that shadow figure that I experienced recently. Like that's the sense of uh, fear that, that I was in. I didn't like get into paralysis or anything, but I was like, I was dead set that whatever that was, was going to come through one of the windows or the doors and was going to try and fucking kill me. And that like, that's the fear that was set on me. And now I didn't, at the time I didn't know what it was. And then I started listening to podcasts and stuff like that, dealing with uh, the paranormal realm and, and shit like that. And I started um, listening to encounters with cryptids and I never heard of Dogman before until like 2020. <clears throat> and they were talking about it. And the more they talk about Dogman, all like all these stories are like sounding similar to what I had experienced. Like, the sense of dread, the red eyes and like around six feet tall ish and accompanied by coyotes. And I was just like, did I see a fucking dog man in fucking Shapley, Maine? Like, holy fuck. Um, so yeah. Did you end up looking into any encounter stories to see if there's anybody else that had any sightings out there? Um, there is, uh, there isn't any sightings that I found in like that area, but there are dogman sightings all through Maine. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just like passing through or something. And I don't know why it chose my house. Maybe because my house like sits back further than the majority of the houses that are on that road. And there's more cover um, of my house, maybe. Um, or it just wanted my dogs. Maybe it wanted to eat my dogs. 
I mean, maybe it so. wanted to eat you in the first place. I mean, it's kind of kind of a weird thing to think that like dog man may theoretically interact with coyote like that, but it's definitely something seen in animals that you know they'll send one out just to make it look like it's weak, hoping that something will like come out to attack it, and then they ambush them in return. But I mean, it just seems like out of character for a coyote, considering that they're not really that big of a dog. I mean, unless they were going after your dogs, but just like the dog man factor included in that, like I feel like a like a dog probably wouldn't be much of a much of a meal for a dog man. Like maybe the coyotes were going for your really? dogs, but maybe that dog man was hoping that you'd step out too. If uh, you know, there's some kind of altercation between your dogs and the coyote, and then he would just ambush you after that. Yeah, yeah, uh, those are definitely thoughts that have um lived rent free in my mind since since this uh incident and i was like this close to going out to that coyote and um and then i just happened to just like turn my head to look back at the the coyotes in the field and saw those eyes and then i was just like oh, i'm not going outside i don't know what the fuck that is and i don't want to find out mm-hmm I mean, uh, did you, you said what color was its eyes? Red. Were they reflecting light or were they creating light? Or do you not, can you, do you not remember? Um, I want to say it was creating, but I'm not, I just know that they were red. Um, and it was, (laughs) it was, uh, it was scary. Um, I, I want, I want to say that it was creating it. Because, I mean, I don't know if there's any other animals in that area that might possibly have that kind of height to it. I mean, I know Maine, you guys probably have some bears and stuff, but, I mean, their their eyes aren't going to necessarily reflect back red, even no, if it was they, reflecting black. Yeah, it's like um, like bears are like a white or yellowish color when it's reflecting light, but there wasn't really any light out there. Well, I guess my – well, no, because once I shut my light off, I could still see the eyes. Um, but maybe the moonlight was, uh, could have been creating light, I guess. I don't know. Um, bizarre all the same though. Yes, very, very. Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe it was something that was, that's, uh, explainable, you know what I mean? But, um, just the stories that I've been hearing is it just, I associate it with, uh, dog man just for the sim- mainly for the simple fact of how scared i was randomly like i, I don't scare i'm not a, like i don't scare easy and i'm not saying that i don't get scared but i don't scare easy so um yeah i mean it was it is trey bizarre trey bizarre and um a part of me kind of wishes looking back on it maybe i should have went out and, with my gun after I saw the eyes and possibly maybe found out what it was and maybe took a shot at it. But, um, you know, back then I didn't really like, I didn't really think too much of cryptids back then. Like, I think it was like 2019 is when I really started, um, getting more into like looking into cryptids. Cause before 2019, like Bigfoot was the only cryptid Bigfoot and Loch Ness were the only ones that, and Wendigos were the only ones that I knew. Just uh, out of curiosity, you said Wendigos. Do you guys have Wendigo like legends up in Maine? Like any like oh, sightings yeah. or anything? 
Yeah, a lot, especially like in the um, Mount Katahdin area, the 100-mile wilderness part of the Appalachian Trail and shit. Um, The tribes call them, uh, or some of the tribes, uh, every tribe has like different names for it, but uh, the tribe, so I am part native, and our tribe calls them uh, Jawakwas, and... um, they the the description is a wendigo so dude it's kind of weird i did research for i guess native american cannibal lore uh for bizarre encounters and you know there's like wendigo wachuge um chinu there's like a bunch of different names for these things but it's like the archetype is essentially the same but there's still like minor differences like the Wachuge, for example, rather than it being that you like circame to starvation and ended up resorting to cannibalism and eating somebody and that's how you became one, uh, their whole thing is that it's like if you're, you have too much pride, then you get infected with the spirit and then it takes you over. So it's like the archetype is kind of the same as far as like how it interacts and what it does, but how you become one is different. And that's kind of like the hard part when it comes to a lot of like the Native American lore is that it's like, you know, there are sightings of these things, so you can't just say, oh, they only created it in order to, like, teach somebody a lesson. But then on the other side of it, there's so many different Native American stories that are strictly, like, to teach a lesson, and they're all metaphors. And, I mean, both of those, you know, don't resort to cannibalism and don't be over or don't have too much pride are both, like, good lessons to teach. And, you know, you may, may want to attach, like, a story along to them, but then there's still, again, like, the actual physical side of people experiencing these things. I mean, m- me possibly being one of them, I don't like to say, like, for sure I had a Wendigo encounter, but at least from, like, the pieces I put together, I, like, assume I had a Wendigo encounter. So it's like, these things are in the physical, so it's can't, it can't just be a metaphor, even if there are metaphorical stories attached to it. Mm, that's that's true uh, i mean it's just like your wendigo encounter is just like this dogman encounter like w- w- we're associating it with it but we're not 100 percent sure that that's what it was we want to say we want to we want to fantasize uh romanticize like the the uh cryptid that we think it is and like be like oh i actually had this encounter but it's possible that it could have been something else um but like every like indication and everything um every characteristic about it screams you know dog man or or in your case wendigo um i think you're i think you did see uh an encounter a wendigo um it just was so unnaturally shaped and it felt unnatural which is i'm sure exactly how you felt and that's where it's like hard to place is that it's like you you're scared you open-minded skeptic is the best way to be. And it's like, you don't necessarily want to say it's this creature, but at the same time though, it's just like, you have this feeling in your gut that it's something that's like not supposed to be there. And at least like the physical characteristics, like you seeing how tall this thing was just looking over the wall. Or like when I saw this thing's like the shape of this thing's body, like it's just, you know, you can try to write it off in your head all you want, which I did for a long time. I was like, oh, it's just some, like, crackhead. But it was like, you know, they're not shaped <laughs> like that, and they don't have, like, decaying-looking skin, you know? Like, you try to write it off, but at the end, it's, like, it's hard to. And I'm, I don't know if it's the same for you, but, I mean, like, at least when I started my show, you know, I talked about my shadow person experiences and my astral traveling experiences, but it took me a while to actually even bring that one up because it just – I didn't know where to place it in my own head. 
let alone like try to just come onto a show and say like this is what I saw. Like I was super weird about telling anybody in the first place. And now the only reason that I even do go on shows talking about it is because I do have some things that I think could be theoretical clues like attached to it, kind of like you were saying with like the height, for example. But it's still like I I'm not going to go anywhere and say, I, I 100%, this is what I saw. I don't know what I saw. And that's why I say like, this is what I think I saw. These are the clues on why I think I saw what I saw, but like, I, I don't know for sure. So I'm not going to say it. That's what it is for sure. Without, you know, like I had eyes on this thing, so I can't say without seeing it, but like you just, even, even if you have these weird encounters, you still try to write it off in your head. I mean, even for people sure. that have Sasquatch encounters, like everybody still tries to write it off as, oh, I just saw a bear or whatever, because it's just, your brain wants to normalize it, even if it does feel off in your gut. Yeah, for sure. Um, having a healthy scout skepticism on this whole like realm of weird shit, um, I feel like is helpful, but also... Um, is damaging because then you don't like you're so you're skeptic, but you're also a believer, but you don't, <laughs> you don't want to believe you saw what you saw. So you're like skepticism is taking over and you're just like, oh, I didn't see that shit. Um, and then, you know, you're just like, you're, uh, closing yourself off to like the, the story and actually like feeling, um, uh, the the memory of of, of this thing, I guess, it, uh, uh, so to speak, in a way. Um, and then I don't know where the fuck I was going with that point. To be honest with you, <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's like a weird thing too to begin with because it's like we talked to a lot of people have had some really like far out there type encounters, and it's like you know you hear these people, you see their emotions, you see the way that they're you know, no matter how many shows they go on, like every detail is exactly in the same spot. Like, so you hear this stuff all the time, but then you have your own experience and it's like, you still want to write off your own experience, even though you've heard way crazier than your own experience. Yes, for I sure. I don't want to use the word crazy necessarily. That probably wasn't the best descriptive word, but way more <laughs> uh, theatrical experiences than your own experience, but you still want to like write your own off. Right, right like uh people actually like seeing the dog man and that like chasing them and shit like that like i don't know that's why i was gonna say it's a good thing you didn't shoot at it because everybody who's claimed to have shot at these things it doesn't do anything other than make them more angry so i mean like you know you yeah. think about going out there and possibly shooting at it just see what it was but honestly whether it was a dog man or it wasn't you're around still to tell the tale and i mean theoretically if it was a dog man you played that probably the best way you could have possibly played it even if you didn't intend to play it that way right right um <laughs> uh, i just dude it was it, it, it was a long night i'll i'll just say that it at once once i saw the eyes and i was afraid it felt like the night would not end you know what i mean and I, I still heard the coyotes here and there. They got fainter. They would come closer, and then they would faint. They would fade out, and then eventually I didn't hear them anymore. And then I think that's when I must have got comfortable enough to fall asleep, and then my head just went back. Um, Dude, legit, I think yeah. I would have tried to make like a howl, like a coyote howl, to see if the coyotes would howl back, to see if that thing made a different noise than the coyotes. That would have been interesting. Because then at least you could and do it I from mean, inside your house. <laughs> Just yeah. open your window yeah, up, you know. Yeah, especially knowing what I know now, I probably would have, might have done a few things differently. 
that night. But, you know, you live and you learn. But honestly, with these dogmen, I think the best interaction is to not interact and hope that they just go away. And that was probably, again, the best play you could have possibly done. Because even if I would have done the call, I would have done it out the back window. I would have, like, went to the front window so it sounded like it was coming from somewhere else. And then we came to the back window. Like, you know, like... You, you want to like kind of test things out to see what happens. But at the same time though, like you're kind of making them just as interested in you as you are in them by d- trying to do these things to try to see if they'll make noise back or try to interact with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it's interesting. I find all these like dog man stories interesting too. So um, there's definitely something in our woods, man. There's something out there, and not all of it's friendly. <laughs> People don't realize how vast the wood is because everybody tends to live near cities for the most part. But, I mean, like I had Alex Petikoff on recently, and he was talking about driving all the way up to Alaska, and he was just trying to explain just the amount of absolute just wilderness and, like, nothingness as far as civilization goes. And it's like, this is all over the place. Everybody just, like, hears the news all the time, and they just associate everything with the city, but they don't realize how much wide open space and forest and everything there is in between even just major cities. Yeah. Um, actually the, you could take the entire population of the world and have them live in Alaska with an acre of land. That's crazy to think about. And it, they try yeah. to make it seem like there's no land left, but the reason that there's yeah. no land left is because everything's polluted. That's the difference. Yes. <laughs> yes. They are very crafty in uh, making us feel like shit. <laughs> um, they're very good at uh, lying and making shit up. Like they definitely make it seem like the world is overpopulated. Cause I hear people talk about it too. Like even just regular people like us, they're like, well, you know, if, you know, soon we're going to be, we're going to be at 9 billion people. And, um, you know, what are we going to do? Like, we're going to start running out of food and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm telling you, there's more land than, you know, like there's plenty of room for everybody that is alive today. I mean, um, but with our, with our border being open, you know, it's, uh, Anybody can come through there right now, and not everybody has sunshine and rainbows as intentions. So, I mean, even on the other side of that, too, like everybody wants to think that the population is going to keep expanding, but the way it's kind of sitting now, and uh, not to get like too far in depth into this because I want to get back into your encounters and stuff, but one, I've heard statistics saying that like the average is like for every five males, there's one female. So, off of that, there's already less breeding population from that. Uh, you have a lot of guys that don't even attempt to even go after females anymore. Like there's like an issue in, I think it was Japan that I was reading about where like the, they're just, people aren't like repopulating. So the population's starting to decrease. And then on top of that too, you have all the, like, uh, the gender surgeries, for example. And, you know, when you do stuff like that, um, it part, you know, depending on, what you're doing, what parts you're changing, like it sterilizes you. So just even off of that, even if those people find somebody that they're compatibly in love with, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be able to repopulate. So it's like with all the combinations of that, everybody thinks the population is going to keep expanding and expanding. But I think we're actually at a point where it's actually going to start getting smaller because of 
again, people are looking at the projection of how it's been going through the years, not taking into consideration like current events that are happening now. And I think there's going to be a, like a massive decrease going forward. And even on top of that too, I mean, just going into just like, uh, you know, just families in general, like everything's getting more expensive. Uh, everybody has to work. Otherwise you can't support a household. So it's harder for people to have kids to begin with because they can't financially afford it or they don't have anybody that can babysit. Or if they want to play for childcare, you know, they're not going to pay for childcare for three kids. Cause it's like, not like you get a group deal or anything like that. So it's just every factors against people being able to have more kids between, you know, the, the ratio of men to women, uh, people transitioning and just the average, nor, just, you know, standard family trying to have kids and not be able to financially afford it. Like, th I think there's going to be a great decrease within the next, like, 20 years. People are actually going to start seeing these numbers start to dwindle down. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, you, I, you have a point. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting times to, to that we live in now. Um, and... And society's just getting further away from God. Whether you believe in God or not, like, um, there's definitely a spiritual war going on for sure. And I mean, everybody's miserable going to work and spending less time with their family too. So, I mean, just off of that, no matter what your family union unit is, the family unit is being damaged due to the fact that like, even me, for example, like I go to work. I uh, get off at five o'clock, kids go to bed by nine. So it's like, I only get to see my kids four hours a day. So it's like their teachers or whoever's babysitting them or their daycare, like whatever, they're seeing your kids more than you get to see your own kids. So it's like, that's also kind of pulling away from like the whole family unit idea because you have less time to actually spend together as a family unit now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny too, uh, with like the school system and shit, like you only need three hours a day to, uh, homeschool your kids. So why the fuck are they in school for eight hours a day? Trying to set them up to get used to the, to the work grind. That's why they do the bells. That's why, I mean, exactly. the schooling system was set up by the Rothschilds to begin with. And for what they sure. said that is they want people that are smart enough to run the machines, but not smart enough to start a revolt. So that's kind of where the public schooling system's at. And again, I don't mean to get off on a whole tangent because I want to get yeah, back onto your yeah, encounters yeah, yeah. and stuff, but even just the way they're teaching math now, they're talking about the common core math thing. I haven't oh actually God. physically seen that until this year with my daughter. And, you know, uh, typically the way we're doing math problems is that you have the numbers going down the chain, like in front of you. So it makes yeah. sense because you just carry, carry to the next place. Like, I don't logically see another way to solve a math problem easy. Like, I was trying to show my daughter this, that you can put any number you want on this. You can do 10 numbers at once. You can do 30 numbers at once. And you do it down the line, and there's a process. And it's quick. It's easy. It's simple. And they're teaching her this new thing where it's like, draw your 10s in a box. Draw your 1s in a box. Draw this in a box. And then you put all these numbers together. And it's like, all right, so first of all, instead of taking up a whole sheet of paper to do one math problem, putting stuff in boxes, like why are we teaching our kids this way now? It makes so much more sense to take up four lines for four numbers and run it down the chain. Like I don't get why they, ch they change that. They're just making it more confusing and making it so kids are looking. I mean, maybe part of the idea is that there's two sides of it. You know, if you're coming at it from the conspiracy angle, they're confusing kids and making it harder for them to do basic math. 
But if you're looking at it from another less conspiratorial angle, maybe the idea is that they're trying to just make people think about different solutions to problems. And I mean, when you get into more advanced math, that's kind of more so what it is to begin with is everybody says, I'm not going to use algebra. I'm not going to use calculus, but rather that, you know, you're not going to use that in your daily life, but the method behind it is to show you just different ways of problem solving, which completely makes sense. But when you start mixing up the basic stuff into points where it doesn't logically make sense to solve that math problem that way, then it's, it's a whole other thing. It's like, maybe you're trying to make kids think a little bit different out of the box, but by doing that, you're making it harder again for them to just do basic math because you're not simplifying it as much as possible. You're drawing all these pictures and doing all this extra shit. It's like, you don't need all that. All you need is three simple lines to do three numbers. You don't need three big boxes to divide up all the places and then put them together and then mash them all together at the bottom. Like it's, I don't get it, dude. Yeah. And if they do it, if they, they get the correct answer, but they didn't do it the way that they want them to do it. It's a, a um, it's a incorrect answer. And dude, I'm doing like the public online homeschool. It's kind of like a weird thing. Like she sees the teacher for like an hour and a half throughout the day, like 45 minutes and 45 minutes and the rest you pretty much do with them. And like, I'm teaching my daughter the math in the way that makes the most sense. But I'm telling her, like, if your teacher wants you to do it this way and show the work, then do it that way. But realistically, in the real world, when you do math, this is how you do your problems. And I mean, I know people don't necessarily balance checkbooks anymore, but if you're doing math in these weird box ways, you're just making it more confusing for kids to be able to keep track of their finances because they're not looking at it as like a lined graph of adding the numbers up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe that's the intention, man. A new generation of debt slaves that can't even figure out their own damn finances. <laughs> and then they don't trust their parents because their parents are trying to tell them that you solve math this way, but their teachers telling them they solve math solve math this way. <laughs> all these blue hair teachers telling all their kids to think weird, think outside the box, think this way. Which, dude, it was weird. It was like a transition when we were growing up. They're like, you can be anything you want to be, and now they're o- they're overly like, oh, you can do anything you want to be, and we won't even tell your parents. <laughs> Oh my god, that drives me wild. <laughs> I fucking I get so mad. <laughs> the stories that I hear where the teachers are like, uh we ha- uh, I saw a TikTok video. I have to tell my teacher, uh I have to tell my students' parents what we discuss in class. That is such a violation of privacy. And when she said a violation of privacy, I was like, that is their fucking parent. What are you talking about? A violation of your student's privacy? Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're a fucking insane person. Um, I mean, then again, like, but also there's kids out there that don't go home to loving homes. You know what I mean? They don't go home to love. Um, so I could see it in, in that aspect, uh, in that thinking, thinking that way for that aspect. But that would be f- specifically for that aspect, not just in general. Yeah, because I'm not saying mean? that doesn't happen, but it's like th- you can't completely judge society off of. I don't want to say like I don't. I don't even know where the number would sit. Let's just say. Again, this is just off the top of my head. This isn't any actually actual statistical number, but let's just say thirty percent of kids don't go home to the best home, but the other 70% yeah. do. So you can't base everything off of that 30%. You have to take into consideration yeah. the majority of it. So it's like, I don't know, you kind of have to like pick and choose your own battles, but I guess it's kind of like a hard thing. Cause you kind of have to make a standard across everybody, but 
I don't know. It, it's a, it's it's a really hard thing to place, but for the most part, I mean, I feel like the parents should be informed. But I think that there's kind of like a difference in it too, where like, you know, if the parent is interested and wants to know, then go ahead and tell them. But if they're like a parent that has no interest in what their kid's doing at school, then I don't know. Like, I don't even necessarily want to say that either. It, it, it's a hard, fine line to choose between, but I'm definitely on the side of coming from a parent that does care. Like, I want to be informed of what my kid is learning and what they're doing. And that's part of the reason For why sure. I do the online school stuff is because I am fully aware of what they're learning because I'm running through it with her. And when they're doing the online class stuff, you know, when I'm when I'm home randomly during the day and stuff like I see what they're doing here and there but I mean it's 45 minutes a day and then the rest I'm doing with them so for the most part I'm fully informed on what my daughter's doing throughout the day as far as school goes noise perfect that is great I like that shit Um, I kind of wanted it to uh, homeschool my kids and my daughter's like I don't want to be homeschooled I'm like why and she's like Cause then I wanted to be see my friends. I'm like you can see them when they get out of school. <laughs> uh, it's funny too because my daughter and her friends talk about conspiracies at school. I think it's hilarious. She fucking she went to her. They uh, had a work packet for 9/11, and she went to her teacher and said, "My dad says 9/11 was an inside job." <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm hoping one day that my daughter does some stuff like that where they're doing like the odd light class like when they start learning about egypt be like giant rocks don't float on boats <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and and uh my ex-wife was like oh my she's like don't say that that's embarrassing i was like no it's not what's a, what's embarrassing about it is you know um if you don't believe that the government's up to some shit, then, you know, maybe you're one of the problems. <laughs> hey, man, and just to throw this one out there, because I don't know how many people actually know about this, because the Pentagon aspect of 9-11, like, so the exact room, part of the building that got hit, they were investigating $2.6 trillion that disappeared from the, from the government and uh, Donald Rumsfeld was pretty much saying, anybody that has any information on this, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to all figure it out. Uh, we're all going to be here on this date, and we're going to work it out and figure out where this part of the budget went. And he wasn't there, but that room and all the evidence that anybody had on where that money went got destroyed. And the other weird part is anybody can look into this, and hopefully I'm, list- I'm speaking to the right audience as far as this stuff goes. Cause I know I know I know I do have some some veterans and stuff that listen to the show, and I don't mean anything disrespectful as far as like veterans and everything like that goes. There's just some questionable stuff, but like yeah. there's no there's no plane rubble where the impact site was. Uh, the way you'd have to look at it is they would have to fly. Okay, so they're unexperienced pilots to begin with, and they would have had to fly straight to be able to hit that low in that part of a building. Like there's just too much weirdness, especially goes into that. But that combining piece of knowing that they're having a meeting, trying to figure out where money disappeared to was kind of like the final nail in the coffin for me, as far as like the Pentagon aspect of nine 11 goes. Yeah. And the, and the impact part impact site of the building was too narrow for a plane. And it looks like it goes outward rather than inward too. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of debris coming like, that like expanded out into the uh, yard there. So it's definitely interesting, interesting stuff. Um, 9/11 for sure. That's some shit. <laughs> um, 
it, and like there's there's some symbolism within the numbers. I offhand off my like from the without all my sh- all my notes, I can't recall. But there's like some symbolism in like the numbers of like nine eleven and um, and stuff like that. I believe nine eleven's a a, a a a number used in the in Crowley's book at some point for something. I can't remember. Spooky, so. but. I guess uh, before we go off on another side tangent, uh, I should probably get back into some of your comics. I know I keep saying that, but before yeah, I get yeah. going on so something else, let's let's get back into some of your uh, some of your encounters here, my friend. All right, so I guess we'll go back to when um, when I was a kid. So, uh, so uh, it doesn't make me cry anymore when I talk about it. So. When I was nine years old, I had uh, attempted to take my own life. Um, usually the minute I say that, I start fucking crying. But um, I've talked about it so much now to where it's a lot easier to talk about. Um, but I just, at nine years old, I didn't feel loved um, and so on and so forth. So um, I'm, I'm a pretty big advocate for... Um, self-harm and mental health and and shit like that so 988 is a crisis number you can call if you need somebody to talk to but if any of your listeners struggle with mental health and they just need somebody to talk with they can always reach out to me um through my instagram uh which is which i'll just plug in right now where underscore the weird ones are um, on Instagram or where the weird ones are gmail.com that either, either one of those aspects, if you're um, on the brink you or you're struggling someday and you just need uh, somebody who understands uh, you can always reach out to me, but, Side note real quick, I want to take the opportunity real quick. Uh, One, of course, listeners can always reach out to me too. I'm always here to listen to all you guys. But Jerry from Hillbilly Horror Stories, this is what I want to drop in here because I think he's doing a really, really good thing too. Uh, He actually has a support group for anybody that's starting to feel that way. So they're they're a huge amount of members strong. So pretty much what he was saying is that any time of day, any time of night, uh, there's somebody on there that would be able to reply and talk to you. Uh, but I want to give a special shout out to Jerry for that one because he does have a, also a support group for that. So if you know anybody, you know it's the middle of the night, you can't necessarily get a hold of Kevin or me, for example. Um, you can always go and check out Jerry from Hillbilly Horror Story Support Group, and there will be somebody there 24 hours to be able to talk to you guys. But he's doing a really great thing. So I just again, I want to take the opportunity to. To drop that plug there because I felt like it was well deserved, but not not to pull away from you. My apologies. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, good job, Jerry. Uh, that is commendable. Um, I like that shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just for um, for a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into. I just uh, I felt like I needed to uh, experience something else. But um, unfortunately, well, or fortunately. Um, I was unsuccessful and I want to say I weeks, a couple, just a couple weeks after this happened, I was in my grandparents' backyard on the swing set and I just see something out of the corner of my eye moving and I'm just like, turn my head and it's, there's an old man sitting on the swing, swing next to me and he's white. It's like he's see-through. And I couldn't make out like his face, but I knew he was an old man. And my favorite part about this story 
is that he had something stringy in his hand. So um, I associate it with either he was eating a bowl of noodles <laughs> or he was like doing like some crochet knitting or something with like yarn or something. But either way, it was something in his hands that was, was stringy. I like to imagine ghostly and, ramen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I'm staring at him and he just goes, be patient. And I was in that paralysis state where, like, you know, I didn't really want to move and I was so uncomfortable. And I just go, about what? And he goes, you'll know. And then I put my head down and I just stared at the ground for what seemed like forever. And it was probably only like two minutes. And then I picked my head back up to look and he was gone. And the only thing that, I could associate him saying be patient about and that I would know is that um, if I, the is to be patient and eventually things are going to get better. Like things are a lot better now. Um, I mean, my kids and I are going on vacations and shit. Like I own my own house and uh, two vehicles. Um, you know, I, I don't worry about money anymore. Um, I mean, even on well, another I mean, side I, too, you started your show and you gave people yeah. a safe space to be able to talk about their encounters. So even just beyond your own personal life, you know, you've touched a lot of people with your show and you make a difference in other people's lives too. So I just wanted to kind of expand that and connect that. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I didn't, I didn't, I never, uh, I never feel like, uh, I'm doing, doing a good job sometimes. So it's, it's nice to hear. So thanks. That's a curse of a, of a hard worker, though, because, I mean, anybody that's passionate about something, they never feel like they're doing it good enough, but that's part of what drives you to get better and better. So, I mean, like, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time that your work's never good enough, but in turn, because your work's never good enough, you're always improving it. Yeah. Yeah, and I love doing this. Like, it, um, it, I feel like if I was still with my ex-girlfriend, I never would have ended up getting into the podcast and I never would have ended up meeting people like yourself and, and experiencing, you know, a camaraderie. Like I have like so many people that I'm so like close with just from doing this shit. And, um, I can't like, it's just, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And I think that's what he meant. Like just at some point in life, um, it's going to get better. Um, I'm 34 now. I'm about to turn 35. At 30 years old, I was in my mother's basement with a gun in my lap, uh, contemplating for a third attempt. Uh, I never tried. Um, I ended up reaching out to my ex-wife, and she talked me off the ledge. So, um, so yeah, that was the... And then four years later, man, I'm just living my best life and I'm doing it all by myself. So I don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's, you know, people that help out with like little things and stuff. So I can't 100%, like nobody can really say 100% that, um, you know, they did a lot of things or certain things by themselves. Um, there's always like somebody that did something that was helpful and there's a fucking big ass bug that just landed on my <laughs> leg and scared the shit out of me. Um, I was going to say, dude, love and support though, man. Cause I mean, shit, the first time that I met you, I'd only talk to you online, dude. The first time I saw you, dude, I came up and gave you a big hug. So I mean like, man, there, there's love within it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, it was fun. Uh, uh, 
hanging out at Squonkapalooza. Your kids are fucking gorgeous. Um, and like, I walked up and your son's like fucking grabs my hand and he like wants to go for a walk. And I was like, Oh, all right. We're friends now. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you and, uh, Riley shout out to Riley, dude. My kid loves Riley. He's one of the listeners that's been around since the very beginning. Uh, we're at Bigfoot and bruise and he, my son just kept wanting to hang out with him at the table. And, uh, Gabby ended up taking this picture of Riley on one side of the table and Orson on the other side of the table. And they're both sitting exactly the same, dude. It's, it's an adorable picture, but Dude, just even within the community, dude, and connecting, like, it, it's been great. And I'm glad that my kids get to meet and hang out with people like you and Riley and everybody else. You know, it's like, I wouldn't trade that kind of stuff for the world. And if, uh, you know, if things were, I don't even want to say successful because it's not really successful, but if things happen to have gone through with you, man, like you wouldn't be around to experience all this kind of stuff. And like, who knows how different things could theoretically be if you weren't around, you know, like just right. in general, like how many conversations we've had, like deep conversations and how many guests you've had on your show and had deep conversations with. And even just like you, me and Orrin and everybody connecting and Jenny, like all of it wouldn't have happened, man. So it's like things are meant to happen for a reason. And I'm more than happy that you're around and I get to call you one of my friends. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That means a lot to me, actually. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I, I kind of like disassociated myself from a lot of my friends and family because I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't working, you know, for me. And this like, uh, almost like the minute, you know, I just started to disconnect like my, my level of like happiness and, um, quality of living just fucking started raising. Like I, I wasn't being held back. Like I don't even like ask people for uh, advice anymore because nine times like, like friends and stuff, like they always like have something negative to say at at some point, even if they think they're being helpful, it's a lot of times it's negative um, in a way. And they don't mean to, it just, it's just the way that it comes out. And then I'm just like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't like, you know what I mean? But it's kind of sad. Yeah, One thing so that I've noticed, is, at least as far as doing these kinds of shows, is that you have your friends that are there in person, and you think you'd be closer with those people, but, like, weirdly enough, just because of life or, like, when you guys are hanging out, there's, like, the phone factor and everything that falls into play. Like, you guys are close, mm-hmm. but it's, like, a different type of close. But then you have, like, these online friends that you sit and you have these two-hour-long discussions with, and then you talk for an hour before the show and then an hour after the show. So you talk for, like, four hours, and it's just, like you're actively listening to them. They're actively listening to you. And there's not those outside distracting factors, even though you're talking through a computer, you want to give that person your full attention. So it's just, it's a weird thing to quite place that like my closest friends are people that I've met through the community just because of interacting through this medium. It's, it gets rid of like the other things that keep you on focus from the conversation, really paying attention to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's fun, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think right after that, um, that, uh, apparition, it was, I think it was like that, that winter or it was either, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was that the winter after that, um, it was, there was a light dusting on the ground. Um, so I think it was, three or four months after I seen this apparition and it was right after my birthday. So I was now 10 and, uh, my sister and I wanted to go outside. We were going somewhere 
and my sister and I wanted to go outside right before we went wherever the hell we were going. And back then we used to like pretend like squirrel tracks were like aliens or something. And we'd pretend like we were alien hunters and we'd walk through the woods like, <laughs> Oh, and then we pretend we see the alien. Oh, there's an alien and pretend to shoot it or run from it. Whichever one we decide because we'd create like these storylines and shit. But so there was a light dusting of snow and we were following these tracks pretending to be hunting aliens. And, um, we're walking into the woods and there's this Creek and this Creek always had frogs in it and stuff. And, um, I used to play in this Creek like religiously back when I was a kid. <clears throat> and it almost was like, like I went, like I stepped into, like, I didn't feel like I stepped into anything, but like from my like eye perspective, it was like, I stepped into like the blue, like sandwich plastic, you know, like, all of a sudden it was like a blue film that like went over my eyes and the snow was gone. Um, and there was this fucking little village of mushroom people like 10 feet in front of me. And they were stoking this fire in the middle of this village. Like you could see these like little huts or whatever all around. And they were like probably like three inches tall and they didn't look like, you know, toad from Mario or whatever. They looked, like mushrooms they 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 were just mushrooms with like these little like itty bitty arms they didn't have eyes couldn't see a face um and i always forget to mention this part but i I used to wear glasses so i had glasses on at the time and so they're stoking this fire and i'm watching them and then like some of them like stopped to turn around and you could see like huts going up like that like these little steps going up on the sides of the trees and like little holes in the side of the trees and there was like other mushrooms like walking up the steps and some of them were inside the tree and stuff like that well i get like this tap on the back of my head and my head just like kind of lunges forward and my glasses fall off my face and i could feel this thing on my shoulder and i kind of like turn my head like that and there's this mushroom just standing there on my he- on my shoulder <clears throat> and he like it spoke to me telepathically like in my head and he goes hey you didn't need those and i was like my glasses and he's like yeah and then just like as soon as he said yeah it was like a fucking flip of the switch and my sister standing there and she's like what and i was like uh i dropped my glasses and she's like, where are they? I was like, I don't know. I can't see them. And I'm looking at the ground. I can't see my glasses. And she comes over. She And then all of a sudden, we're both like looking. I kind of like got on my hands and knees and was like trying to like like move the snow and leaves and shit. And then you just hear. And I was like, oh, no, my glasses. And then I was like, because I was going to tell her. I was going to say something about this fucking experience I just had. And um, as soon as my I realized my glasses are broken, like uh, uh, that's all I cared about was like the my I need my glasses, I need my glasses. And I run home. We both run home, and my mom's like, "I'm not gonna buy you fucking new glasses. You have an appointment coming up anyway. You might just in case you need a new subscription. You know, I'm not gonna buy uh, another another um, set of glasses." So, uh, doctor's appointment comes up and my doctor's, uh, does all the tests and 
He's like, uh, so you have 20-20 vision and you don't need your glasses anymore. And I was like, what? So he's like, yeah. He's like, I, I don't know. He goes, um, and he's like, maybe just use them for reading and writing. But other than that, you don't really need them. I was like, okay. So I haven't worn glasses ever since. Did you experience any time loss during that? Um, not that I can recall. Uh, my sister says my sister remembers everything to the point of not, she doesn't, she didn't see this mushroom village. She did, but she remembers all the other aspects. She remembers stepping on my glasses and everything. So, um, that makes you wonder. Cause it sounds like almost like entering the Fey world, but you hear about the aspect of like, you know, somebody feel like they're only gone for a couple hours and they'll be gone for two weeks. Um, I wonder if there's experiences that are the opposite of that, you know, where you feel like you're in it for, you know, an hour and it's only been like 10 seconds. Yeah. Cause they say yeah, time that, moves differently in that world, but I've never, I, I'm curious if there are cases where people experience like the opposite rather than the massive time, time lap. It's like a small time lap. Yeah. Um, it definitely seemed like it was only like two minutes of an experience. Um, and from what I can, from what talking to my sister about it, it definitely seemed like I didn't go anywhere. She just said like, I just stopped walking and like I was standing there for like a minute. And she said, she said that, uh, she, she, uh, it was just like normal. Like we were just looking around and she said that I had stopped and I was looking around and, you know, she was doing the same thing. So like, uh, we weren't talking up to, we weren't really like conversing or anything like at the time that it happened. So, um, like you saw into the Fey world, but you didn't physically enter it. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm, I mean, that's kind of what I was, I was thinking I did like a couple of weeks ago, I was driving to work too. And, um, all of a sudden I was two miles down a different road and I was just like, what the fuck? You know? And I had to fucking turn around and go back because I had, had missed my turn. But, um, that could have just been like tiredness, but that's the only, uh, time that I know of missing time, like where it seemed like I, I'm just like missed this whole portion of a drive. Not trying to change your like perspective on things necessarily, but like just another like weird theoretical way to view this stuff. So talk about the UFO phenomenon and there's these people that will like regularly get like grabbed, but then they get placed in with screen memories. Then they get dropped into same spots. Like, uh, uh, I don't want to drop any names of anybody because this guy didn't really necessarily want to like share his story or anything, but basically like try to leave out as many, as little details, leave out as little details as possible, but still kind of get the story across. Uh, he essentially had this memory of a car driving past him. Um, and that was just his memory forever. And then he, um, started basically starting to regress on other things and realized that in that time that that car drove past, he actually had an abduction experience and they pretty much put him back in that same time and like placed a screen memory in so that he would, just assume that just a car drove fast passing during this time. 
And I mean, you know, you hear about the one side of extraterrestrials where they're doing experiments, then you hear about the other side where they theoretically fix things. And it almost makes you wonder if it sounds more UFO related to have the time where it's the negative, where you feel like you were somewhere for a little while and it was a split of a second. Like, I almost wonder if maybe theoretically it could have been like a UFO experience because a lot of that's associated with the Fae to begin with because it's all kind of blurred lines on that aspect. Um, but then it would be the matter of like correcting your eyes would make sense as far as like the UFO abduction story goes. And on the other side of it too, again, you have the the negative time thing where your sister may not have noticed anything happened and it could be because of a screen memory getting placed there or them taking you theoretically and then putting you back into that same spot at the exact same time so that anybody around you wouldn't have noticed that you were gone and you wouldn't have noticed time loss unless you were actually like looking at a clock and paying attention to the time. Right. Right. That is, uh, that's an interesting way to think. I thought about it that way too. Um, but I, I just, you know, I don't know, you know, and there's no way of knowing at this point. Um, but yeah, it's, I didn't, and I didn't even remember. Uh, so I didn't even remember this on my own to be honest with you, like I did regression therapy because I was trying. So there's obviously childhood trauma and there was this like blank space in, in my head that I remember something happening, but I couldn't remember it like 100%. Um, I'm not going to go into details on that particular thing. Uh, but like the, this mushroom people like came out of that as well when I was, when I was trying to remember this other thing. Um, so there's part of me that maybe thinks that maybe it was a dream and I was thinking that I think it's real and the regression regression is telling me that it's real. But at the same time, the fact that I randomly, my sister broke my glasses like that was real. Like I remember that on my own and I remember the doctor being like, you have 20, 20 vision. Like you don't really need these glasses like those are real. Those really happened. <clears throat> so, um, part of me thinks that if it is real, they either he healed me or they knew that I didn't necessarily need the glasses technically or something like that. But uh, either way, my eyes were fixed and I never wore glasses again after that. So, so that one's uh one of the most bizarre encounters that i've heard of in the community because i mean everybody follows like the cryptid things everybody relates everything to that but you don't really hear too many like interactions with the fey like directly and even more so just like mushroom beings from the fey unless somebody of course yeah. was like tripping but that's a whole other thing but as a kid obviously you weren't tripping so like it brings in a whole different factor to it yeah and it kind of like even the fact that I don't remember, didn't remember it until I did this like regression, but I've always had a fascination with mushrooms at right around that age and then on. And, um, you know, I eat, I consume mushrooms all the time. Like portobello mushrooms are like the best mushrooms you could eat. And they, that's so good for your brain cells and for, uh, cognitive dissonance. Like, um, it, and it can help prevent like um, dementia and shit like that by consuming mushrooms because it's so good for your brain. Um, 
so yeah, uh, I, th- I, I think it really happened. It's just sometimes, sometimes like, it's just like with the, uh, the Wendigo and the Dogman um, encounters that we had, like we, we use our skepticism on it because we don't fully understand what happened. Um, so like there's days where I'm just like, that didn't really happen. I'm just like using that as to be like, Oh, that's why my eyes are better because I don't understand why my eyes got better. Um, but then there's other days where I like, I'm like this, this fucking, this shit happened and there's fucking shit going on. Like there's other, I mean, we know that there's like other timelines and shit. Like, um, it's been, it's scientifically proven at this point, I guess, or supposedly it is, or that's just another lie. They're trying to tell us one or the other. Um, and I just, I think we coexist with other realms like constantly, like right here in this room right now, there's like five other timelines going on right now in this very spot, but we're just in a different realm. So we don't see each other. Do I mean, it could even be something that exists within different light spectrums and vibrational patterns, meaning that like I've kind of placed this whole theory about everything is tiny little particles. So different realities could be existing by vibrating at different pitches and different frequencies. And essentially if those uh, particles on a microscopic level are touching each other and they're vibrating like through each other, you know, if one, you can't see that light spectrum and two, your particles are vibrating where they just pass through each other. This whole realm could be existing literally like right on top of you and you'd have no interaction or knowledge of it being there because you're not physically interacting with it and all of our senses are based on our physical world around us uh other than you know like when you start getting into like the third eye and everything and being able to see through like your spiritual self but like typically looking at it from like a scientific point of view like we've only developed the ability to interact with our environment physically as you know humans have seen fit through the years and I mean, once you get into that whole world, that's like a whole other realm of dangers. So, I mean, like maybe, maybe it's just too much for the brain to comprehend. So it just never had developed those. And the only thing that it ever cared about was interacting within the physical. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I, I don't know what to, other than to, um, it's all speculation now. Um, but, I would like, I kind of want to experience that again. You know what I mean? Like just as confirmation of anything. Yeah. And like at 10 years old, I wasn't as observant as like things around me. And I feel like if that were to happen to me now, like I'd, I'd be more observant of like what's happening and like how I'm feeling when I'm, when I went into it and when I came out of it, you know what I mean? You got to go to the same exact spot and just try it. You know, just, just walk yeah. through it, just see what happens. Yeah, I should. Um, it, cause it was right down. It's probably like 10, 15 minutes away from where I live right now. See, cause there's like lore with the Fae that like they exist within our realm, but they like use these protective barriers. And I mean, like, you know, you could be standing back a hundred feet and not see anything, but as soon as you walk through that protective bubble, then you can see everything. And I mean, this could theoretically be one of those areas for all you know that, again, you could be standing right on top of it and not see it until you actually walk 
through that wall that you were kind of talking about, and then all of a sudden it's right in front of you. Like it fits in with the with, with the old Faylor. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too, though, is that I was out there in that same spot like a million times, and it, I've only had or that I know of only had one experience with it. So I wonder if it's I one of those things that things have to be set up perfectly. Like you have to walk a specific spot, you know, maybe like the doorway, so to speak is only in this spot. So the only place yeah. you can enter from is this exact way facing this exact direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or even if it's like a time of day thing, maybe it's like only certain times a day you're able to interact and walk through it or certain yeah, times a year. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stipulations coming in here. <laughs> um, I'd have to. I, I can't even remember like what time it was. So, um, and I probably won't remember exactly where I was standing. I know like it was right along the creek, and I was always in that creek, fucking collecting frog eggs and shit when I was a kid. So, um, I was in I was in there before the incident and after the incident. Never had a second. Like I said, that I can remember anyway. I mean, who knows? Maybe I did. Maybe it happened again, and I just don't remember it. And I don't have any missing time that I can think of revolving around that area. So, like, I can't even, like, think of an instance to focus, like, a regression therapy session on either. So Should take a spirit box over there and start asking questions. Might be worth an attempt. That's, you know, so, um, when I was in Florida, I did my first, uh, Estes. I saw, I saw a picture of that. Yeah. It was fucking interesting. Um, I'm doing an episode with all of those guys that I was, that I was there, black smoke, paranormal, uh, Joe hunts ghost and three Oh five paranormal. They're all team members of war party paranormal. Um, but like individually they go by those names through like their Instagram and stuff for their own like personal, um, investigations and things that they capture for themselves. But, um, yeah, it was at the old Davy school in Davy, Florida, right next to Miami. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm going to have all of them on and we're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to, share the video from the Estes. Cause there was some pretty interesting things. Like when I was under and I was like repeating some, like some of this stuff, like it sounded completely irrelevant. And I was just like, I don't know what to put w- with this, but, um, yeah, it was. And then to listen to the questions and some of the things that I was saying, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you had a video of that, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, uh, Mondo took a video and he uh, sent it. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to include it into the, um, the episode, but if you want it, I'll send it to you. Um, there's, he had to send it in threes. It's like a 15 minute, 10, 15 minute video. So he could only send it like six minutes at a time. (laughs) If you ever upload it onto YouTube or they upload it onto YouTube or anything like that too, I can always go back in this episode and add it in the show description if any of the listeners want to check it out. All right. Yeah. That episode will come out at towards the end of November, I think. So I guess the only people that'll get that clip or that video might be people that are listening to this going back through the back catalog. It might not be 
on here right when this episode comes out. But if you're listening to it yeah. on the back catalog, you know, it might actually be there. So go and look. <laughs> yeah. Well, regardless, you should uh, look out for that episode anyways. Um, if you're interested, um, it'll be there. Um, and then we're going to discuss the the uh, the whole entire night with uh, the whole group and stuff like that, among other things. Um, they were a lot of fun. Um, I can um, honestly say that that they've become pretty close friends as well. So I'm hoping they put on the convention in uh, spring because uh, it definitely sounds interesting. Uh, they're they want to team up with the Gold Coast, which is one of the one of the biggest uh, evidence catching places down there. Um, it's like a train tracks or whatever, and they get a lot of evidence of uh, hauntings and stuff. There's a little boy there, and you can order stuff at like uh, this uh, uh, train, uh, the cart that had um, a restaurant in it. If you go there and like say you can like order something and you'll catch an EVP of like an answer, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Um, but uh, like, so they want to do like the convention. And then like, if you buy like a VIP uh, ticket, you can go ghost hunting with them after the convention. So that's what they want to do anyway. So I hope, I hope that they do it because Number one, I want to go back to Florida, and that would be a good reason to go back. <laughs> Say any excuse to travel, dude, is always always worth it. <laughs> yes, yes. And CryptidCon is coming up in a couple weeks in November, so um, hopefully um, if anybody that uh, listens to your show um, is going to be there, uh, I will most likely be, be wearing my logo t-shirt, so. And if I can make it out there, I'll hopefully be there too. But I may not be able to. But if not, uh, if anybody wants to come and see Kevin, me, and even Oren, uh, I think Jenny possibly too, you guys can always come and see all three of us, or all four of us, at uh, Small Town Monster Fest 2 next year in Canton, Ohio. So just a heads up yes. to all the listeners out there. Come and see us next year. Keep it, keep it mark it on your calendar and keep it in the forefront of your mind. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Say it, and then you can hang all hang out with us afterwards. It'd be a lot of fun. Because if you got all, all three of us together, all four of us, depending on if Jenny's coming too, you know, you know, we're going to be doing something for somewhat of an after party. You know, even if we just go and get some food or hang out somewhere, like we're all going to be hanging out. So it'd be cool to have some of our listeners come and hang out with all of us too. Yeah, and I like beer, so I tend to drink maybe too much sometimes. And when I drink too much, um, I become hilarious so just keep that in your mind <laughs> I, mean, I think i'm funny anyway you got a combination here or Orin likes his allotments uh you like to drink and as far as i go i may not be a heavy drinker but i definitely like going and finding uh the local brews because i like all the like micro brew stuff so no matter what yes. i mean at least me i just get a little i mean i'm already talkative but i get a little bit more talkative maybe a little bit more more friendly uh not in a bad way of course not like the touchy weird friendly but just a little bit more <laughs> like hey man how's it going just a little bit more outgoing and stuff but either way afterwards i'm sure that uh you know, just having the combination, you know, we'll probably at least end up at some kind of local brewery or something. So you guys can come and hang For out sure. and it'd be a lot of fun. For sure. I like craft beers too. Um, I get friendly as well, but I get friendly to the point where 
um, I'm conveying my emotions that I don't normally convey to people. <laughs> <laughs> so if like I see something that like I want to cry about, I'll be like, I really want to cry right now or something like that. Or I will actually cry. <laughs> 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 like it's I'm not a sir, mess man. or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just more in tuned with my emotions. But that's when we're speaking with the the other spirits. You know what I mean? Because you know, alcohol is a spirit. Mm-hmm. Say per- perfectly so. placed names. <laughs> wait, I got a button for that. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, man. I guess uh, with that, I know that you have some more experiences, but we could probably come around to it on the next time because I always like having an excuse to do another episode. And we're uh, quickly pro- approaching up on here on two hours or so. But uh, before I let you Absolutely. go for the night, man, because I know you got to work in the morning, uh, I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. And I'm sure you have a lot of awesome w- words of wisdom to bestow. So if there's any words of wisdom that you got that you could throw at the listeners tonight, uh, what would it be? Keep your head up, stick your chest out, and handle it. Straight to the point, I dig it. And, uh, you know, those are some words, too, that it it's not, I don't want to say, like, aggressive by any means, but, you know, it's to the point, to the point where it's not going to make somebody sad if they're already down. It's like the keep your chin up and keep going. So I always dig those kind of messages. So couldn't, yeah. couldn't have asked for better words of wisdom, my friend. Yes, I will say, too, that it's... Um, it's a quote and it's uh, Tupac Shakur. Um, it's helped me through a lot of things. So um, it's always just like, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the, you know, the, there's a dark night, but there's a bright day after that. So. Hey, and something I always say too, and that gets me by is uh, everything happens for a reason. And that being said, off of that, every negative experience that you have. Um, happens to you for a reason. And a lot of people have a hard time trying to place what that reason might be. But usually what I like to tell people is if you're going through a hard time right now and you come out on top, now you have lived and been through that experience. So now if somebody else has that same experience, you have a grounds to stand on to be able to help them through that experience. But if you had never gone through that experience, you wouldn't have anything to be able to speak on. So no matter how bad the experience gets, Keep your head up and know at the end of the day, it's another experience to uh, put up on the tally. And after doing it, then anybody else that's going through the same experience, you now have that ability to help them. So you got to look at it that way, that any negative experience could turn into you being able to help somebody later on in the future. Absolutely. And uh, learning experiences. Exactly. And in my opinion, man, life's about experiences. You know, that's the only thing that you could theoretically take you with you with your consciousness is your memories and your experiences. So in my opinion, man, who cares about those inanimate objects? Who cares about all the material stuff? Live life for experiences and whether they are negative or positive experiences, it's now an experience that nobody can take away from you. And you can say that it's something that you've lived through, been through, or loved going through, depending on what the experience is. But again, it's all about experience and Nobody can ever take that away from you. And with each experience, you become mentally stronger. uh, You become emotionally stronger. As long as you keep your head up and you push through it and don't let the experience fully consume you in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And uh, with that, of course, uh, I know that anybody that enjoys my show will definitely go and enjoy your show. So uh, why don't you let them know where they can come and find you if they want to share their experiences or if they love our conversation, they want to go check out our episode or this episode that you talked about in the future or just your, your show in general. Uh, why don't you let them know where they can come and find all your stuff at? <clears throat> all right. So it's where the weird ones are. Um, I'm on YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Um, it's pretty simple on all those platforms, whichever one you uh, listen to or, or and or watch. Um, it's just where the weird ones are. Um, as far as uh, speaking with me or uh, wanting to be on the show, you can find me on Instagram where I'm most active uh, where underscore the weird ones are. You can also reach me um, through email, like, especially if you have like, um, like more of a, you want to go into detail about your encounters or you just want to like share the story. Um, it's where the weird ones are at gmail.com and then Facebook, uh, also where the weird ones are. Um, so yeah, uh, just, uh, if you're interested, say hello, uh, give a like, follow, a subscribe if you if you want to. Also, if you're interested in uh, the merch, it's etsy.com slash shop slash where the weird ones are. Uh, but I don't expect anybody to, to buy shit. I mean, if you want to, cool. Um, if you don't, that's totally fine too. But other than that, yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'm always open to conversating and talking about this this weird stuff and um just if you feel like shit and you need somebody to talk to just remember that i'm more than happy to uh, lend you my ear well man i appreciate you making the time to come on the show today and it's always a great conversation with you man and i'm looking forward to the next time we get to see each other in person or we get to do a show or simply just shooting messages back and forth on uh instagram or whatever but Again, I appreciate you making the time, and it's been a lot of fun, man. It's it's always fun, man. It's always fun. Um, thank you for having me, man. I I, I really appreciate it. Um, with people w- without people like you, um, people like me wouldn't be able to expand <laughs> or have uh, similar-minded people to uh, bounce ideas off of. So uh, I appreciate you. And I also appreciate the compliment back, man. It's always hard to take compliments, but I always appreciate them all the same. So I don't ever know what to say back when I receive a compliment, but I do deeply appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a rating or review for the show on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, If you guys leave a review on iTunes, of course, I will read it on the show and give you guys a shout out. Uh, If you guys are on the Android side and you guys are using Spotify, uh, you know, it only gives you the option to leave a star rating. So you guys can always shoot me a message if you guys want me to read it on the show. And, uh, you know, make it so it's like a like a review, but through a message. I'd love to do some stuff like that, too. Give an option to uh, all the Android users out there to possibly get a shout out on the show. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, uh, be it you want to share some of your fan art, possibly. Uh, maybe you want to set something up because you might have a cryptid or paranormal related product that you guys want to try to market through the show, uh, we can set something up. Or if you're just simply a listener that wants to have a conversation, I'm down for that too. Uh, don't be afraid to shoot me a message. You guys can get a hold of me through email, which is increase of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you guys can send me a message on social media. Instagram is the one that I'm the most active on. 
or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form. That will go directly to my email too. Uh, I do respond to every single message that I get. So make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed in the process because I do send out a lot of links considering that I do a show and I got to send out links to everybody that's coming on the show. But that's besides the point. Just keep tabs because I do respond to every single message that I get. And everything that I mentioned is available off of the link tree, which is available down in the show notes. But uh, if you guys don't want to do it that way, you guys can always go to your URL and simply type in L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. 